0: even with organic standards, if they're organic, let's say for five, ten years, but at some point in the history of that land had Roundup in it, then it's potential that even though the organic love and nurturing of the vines in the current day could still be affected by the, what has been done in the past.
1: You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gravay.
2: Hello and welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gravay. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist and the host of the show, At Food Integrity Now, we like to investigate and explore what's happening in our food supply so that you can make wise decisions for your health and for your family's health. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Ben Sound Music for our intro and outro music. Hello everyone, welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gervais, your host today. And I'm really excited about this show today. I have on the show two amazing women, Christine Fitzgerald and Crystal Clifton. And what they are creating together, I think, is pretty amazing. So most of the time, you know, as a nutritionist, my clients try to hide their wine intake to me because they feel like it's Not very healthy for them, and a lot of times it is not. Well, we're going to learn something different today from both of these gals who have created a wine that is a much healthier version of the standard wine that you may be buying. And I'm going to let them explain to you what that is and how they do it. And uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting show, and if you drink wine, you're really going to want to listen to this, and you're probably going to want to try it. It's fabulous. This is Food Integrity Now. I'm excited to be with these amazing women today. I have with me Christine and Crystal. I talked a little bit about them in the intro, and uh, I'm going to let them say a few words about how they got together and how they started creating wine. So, Christine, let's start with you. I know you're a nutritionist. Give me a little bit about your background, why you started the company, and just tell us
1: about you. Awesome. Thanks, Carol. I've been a nutritionist for 20 years now, and honestly, I was the mean nutritionist. (laughs) I was very strict and said no wine for 20 years (laughs) because I couldn't find one that actually was healthy enough that wouldn't screw up all these women's diets. They've been putting so much hard work into eating healthy and working out. And then enjoying their glass of wine or two every night. And it kept setting them back, setting them back, not only with symptoms the next day, but just the guilt and feeling bad about, you know, gosh, I really want to actually enjoy myself and have something of pleasure like this on a diet. So after a little time, I thought, gosh, I got to fix the problem. Really, I saw it as a problem because I wanted women to stay on their, not diet, but healthy lifestyle and to feel accomplished and to feel good the next day. And really feel like they're moving forward and having fun with it. So there was a concoction that I was doing with the four different nutrients that we add into the wine. You'll definitely get into that. I'm sure. And I was giving that to women constantly to get rid of headache and bloat and hangover and weight gain and liver con- congestion and blood sugar imbalance. All these things that the alcohol, basically the wine, I should say specifically, was doing to their body. And it was correcting all these symptoms. And so I thought, why the heck can I just put this in the wine? And so I went to work in my kitchen. And that was really the birth of it. But so we have to start with a clean baseline, and I knew that from being a nutritionist. So you can't add, you know, vitamin C to a Twinkie. <laughs> and right. Twinkie right. is healthy, right? Right. <laughs> so okay. I knew that there wasn't any good wine. So then I sought out to find the amazing Crystal, the female winemaker. And... That just to the two of us.
2: Wonderful. So, just tell, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your story and, and how you decided to join Christine in this endeavor.
0: Absolutely. So, I've been in the wine business since 2000, and I love it. It's an incredible industry and making incredible memories around the table where people get to enjoy a glass of wine and connect. And at the same time, the industry, as lovely as it is, I know that sometimes we might have one too many glasses of wine and wake up the next morning and give up maybe our workout or maybe we start indulging a little bit more food when we start drinking and I could see the lifestyle for me, wasn't the healthiest if I just kept drinking wine. So I always understood that I had to keep a healthy lifestyle, a healthy mindset while staying in the wine industry. So I was kind of the nerdy winemaker where I would travel, and I still do, with all my herbs, all my nutrition, all these wine events around the world, and I would show with my baggie of, okay, well, after this, I'm going to take my vitamin B, and then I'm going to take my milk thistle, and I would be constantly looking to offset all the things I was um, enjoying about the wine industry, and Christine and I were attending a speaker's conference and One of the things I spoke about on the um, my time to speak was about the ups and downs of being in the wine industry, kind of feeling conflicted about different choices of being you know a healthy female in a um, in the industry and so she approached me with this idea of why not create a healthy wine and i I looked at the idea, and I thought, I I, nobody's ever done this, and then I started really thinking that, you know, there's a couple of ways that this could really bring us back to our roots. I mean, for a long time, wine was considered even healthier than water. There's always been a history of wine having certain herbs in it to help, um, you know, if we look at some of the vermouths or other, other... beverages that have had herbs included to help you digest, to help keep you healthy. But she was taking it to a new level and really had a sense of innovation and integrity um, with how the wine was being made, how she envisioned it being sourced, making sure it followed strict lab regulations. And although I've always worked sustainably, I've never done some of the lab tests she wanted to dig into. So it was a very Very interesting project for me to get involved with. I was very excited and and continue to be excited. I know this is just the beginning.
2: That's great. Just so our listeners know that Smart Buying Wines is the only certified glyphosate
0: residue free wine in the world. Isn't that crazy? But it's true. I mean, it's exciting.
2: it's exciting and crazy, but you know, it is so important to have that certification because, you know, as we know, glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, it is really bad news. I mean, it's a mineral chel- chelator, which, you know, binds minerals in your body and in the soil and makes them unavailable. It kills gut bacteria. It's been associated with uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's an endocrine disruptor, and the list can go on and on. And I know you know this, but there was an article out recently where they found that 19 out of 20 beer and wine that they tested a lot of them contained, well, they, 19 out of 20 contained glyphosate. And a lot of them have really high levels of glyphosate, including an organic wine, which was really kind of disturbing. So having this certification is so awesome. So tell us a little bit why that was so important to you and why you took that extra step.
1: That's a great question. First of all, it really is integrity, and I really am incredibly stuck up (laughs) when it comes to my body and reading labels and getting all the information necessary about what I put into my body and what's the best for my clients, and that was something that I just couldn't compromise on. It is so lethal, and it's in so many products, and again, even in organic, and so our standards are higher than organic because, again, organic wine. The glyphosate is allowed along with some other chemicals I know that we've spoken about before, but just in my research and following the the heads of this, you know, that are really pioneering, I guess I should say, this aspect of really learning what glyphosate does to the body, and when I learned that it ruins the gut bacteria, when I learned that it's cancer-causing, when I learned it puts holes in the gut, all these different things, I'm thinking, gosh, that's where health starts is in the gut. And we're constantly consuming foods and consuming liquids that are filled with this chemical and we can't get ahead. How are we ever going to repair and actually get healthy if we can't repair our gut? We're always shooting ourselves in the foot no matter how hard we try. And wine is something that is consistent, right? I mean, women drink a lot of wine, which is fantastic. um, But at the same time, it's really putting them four steps back, I should say, in any kind of... Hard work that they're putting into their lives and in their bodies every single day. So it was just one of the major, you know, chemicals that I found that I've been researching for a long time that I just said no way to, but I've been, you know, keeping that out of my diet for years. And then the wine industry was a whole nother ball game and we had no idea there was glyphosate in organic wine until we actually started testing the grapes coming from those vineyards. It was really eye-opening.
2: Oh, I'll bet. Well, you you know, it's so interesting. I had my glyphosate level tested in my body and it's pretty low. And I'm like you. I'm, you know, people think I'm anal when it comes to what I eat and drink. But I was drinking some organic wine. And I, I feel like that may have been where I was getting, you know, a certain amount of glyphosate and i know it's it's hard to avoid completely because it's in water and and it's a real problem but um i you know i like to buy products that are certified glyphosate residue free and i think there's going to be more and more coming mm-hmm. out. but besides the the glyphosate uh, there, there's a lot of other chemicals that are allowed in wine and could you share a little bit, uh, maybe this question is for Crystal, uh, about what you've seen in the industry as far as chemicals go?
0: Oh, you know, it's interesting because I would say that there is a couple um, ways to answer that. There's there's definitely a division between wine that is historical as far as it's just a very natural process. Like the grapes are grown in the most sustainable nature the grapes are brought in and naturally those sugars convert, to, convert into um, alcohol and it's a very clean product and one that typically people think about when it comes to wine, just the simplicity of it. Then I will sadly say that there's been a huge movement towards wine being more of a beverage, meaning people wanting it for cheaper or they want it bigger and richer and companies buying smaller wineries to make larger portfolios. And in doing so, they're really looking to maximize flavor profile, minimize costs. So what's happening with that is there's a lot of um, additives that are being added that nobody has to claim. So color, oak tannins, there's oak chips. Um, In addition to that, there's filtration processes that larger wineries can use that just require chemicals meaning they can add a chemical called uh, Velcrin, which is a very toxic chemical, and you have to have a license to even use it. And it's considered toxic for the first three hours it's added. Now, the reason that a lot of wineries are doing that is because if you only have to put a chemical in that helps kill off all bacteria, it means that you can keep, the, the, the wine intact without having to move it or what's called racking, meaning moving it from one tank to another tank, you don't have any loss if you just keep it in a tank and add a chemical. That, to me, is very disturbing. From the moment that Velcro entered the marketplace as a common filtration additive, there was a lot of dissidence in the, in the wine community, especially where I live, where winemakers on panels would argue about it. And simply, in my opinion, if you know something can kill all living things and is considered toxic for the first three hours, what suddenly makes it not toxic anymore? Yeah. I, I, I know that, that they, they're a company that wants to tell you everything's fine, but so did Roundup. And I'm sorry to say that we now, years later, tend to find that the instinct or the gut that we have about not putting those products in our body are the right ones. So I've been very blessed to be surrounded by, colleagues be, um, you know, mentored and taught very simple, very sustainable winemaking practices that are not using a lot of the things that other winemakers, not a lot of winemakers, but there is definitely a a division between winemaking today about who uses a lot of additives, products, um, and who really believes in sustainable kind of traditional winemaking.
2: Yeah. So getting back to this uh, Velcarin, is that allowed
0: in organic winemaking? Um, you know, that's a great question. I honestly don't know the answer to that because I would have to look on the organics site. Um, I wouldn't assume so. I wouldn't assume that the philosophy of organic winemaker would use it, quite frankly, because organic wineries tend to want things to stay alive. Mm -hmm. and then a healthy place. Um, What I found shocking is that, to Christine's point, when we started the process and we were looking at organic vineyards, organic vineyards didn't meet her standards even when she was going after being Roundup free. So Mm -hmm. we were testing and testing and testing, and we it's a very challenging process because you can't just test the soil. You have to test the grapes. So we'd be testing a year later to see the grapes, even on brand new vineyards that have never had any Roundup ever, were coming out with levels that were higher than her standard.
2: And, and why do you think that is?
0: There's a couple. Um, I mean, obviously, I stared at the lab results and I thought, what? How is this possible? And I just kept asking the question back to her and some of the vineyards um, that I work with. and. The only thing that we can think about is that there is, you know, drift, meaning yes. that when other vineyards or other areas around spray it, it drifts, and or it seeps um, even other areas, it'll seep into the water system.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think, in my opinion, it's probably both.
0: Yes, I agree. And yeah. so you can't, the only way that that's going to change is if everybody stops. Everybody stops. And even then, the really sad thing is, Carol, that vines don't have a way to detoxify like humans. So for instance, when we worked with a certain vineyard that had not been sprayed for the last 12 years and we tested and it still showed Roundup and glyphosate, the only thing I could think of is how does a vine, if it's ever been in contact with it and absorbed it, It doesn't have a way to release it. So even in organic standards, if they're organic, let's say for five, ten years, but at some point in the history of that land had Roundup in it, then it's potential that even though the organic love and nurturing of the vines in the current day could still be affected by what has been done in the past.
2: Yeah. Well, as we know, glyphosate is systemic. So, And what that means is that it does not wash off.
0: Exactly. And, and that's something um, to recognize. And I know no,
2: once it gets in the soil, uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't degrade like the company would like us to believe. It, it, it stays in that soil. And I don't have the exact number of years, but it, it's a number of years. So, how were you able? This is for Christine. How were you able to find uh, grapes and a vineyard that met your standards? I mean, that took a lot, didn't it?
1: It did, and I couldn't do a alone. You know, when I first started this, I just tried to find organic wine, and I found a broker actually in San Francisco who had wine from all over the world. And I thought, you know, I. The only way I'm going to be able to get clean wine from all my research, still being very new to the industry, only six months in, a few years ago, was to get wines from Europe because they have higher standards. Right. So I started, you know, testing the different nutrients that I add in with those wines. But you know what's interesting is I was getting massive headaches with these European wines. I'm talking about literally within an hour or two of drinking it. And... like okay scratching my head trying to figure this out so it wasn't until i really connected with crystal because she's the amazing person behind of course the winemaking but also she knows that land i mean this wine is harvested in santa barbara county so we are a california grown hand-picked wine and that was not easy we went to all these organic vineyards, I told Crystal, my standard, she says, okay, we'll start with organic. Well, why wouldn't we? Right? So we spent thousands of dollars in lab testing. I'm talking thousands of dollars in lab testing in at least a year to finally come to a vineyard that she had a very great relationship with. And we just didn't know. We didn't know until we tested. We even tested vineyards around this one where we source our wine and they have higher levels of glyphosate. So it was really quite the process of her and I, you know, as a research project. But Crystal can tell you a little bit more about that piece too.
2: You know, let's let's talk about headaches. What do you think it is in the wine that people get headaches from? Is it? I know it, a lot of people are sensitive to sulfides, but I, I think it could be the chemicals too.
0: I think that it could be a definite combination. I think that the. The sad thing is, as we discussed, or, or I brought up earlier, there's, wine isn't as simple as it used to be. And I think that's where we, you know, our food isn't as simple and nutritious as it used to be. And right. wine simply is a fermented product. It's a fermented grape. It really is that simple. And when we complicate things, and then suddenly wine started, you know, looking at scores and being bigger and bolder than the last wine, and, and wine became a competitive circuit or a cheapened product, because it takes a lot to work with the vineyard to produce these grapes to make a vintage every year it's an edible art it's not just a beverage you you are relying on the soil every year what it gives you and when people want to streamline that and worry about quantity over quality it's really challenging to know where does it where does that where is the sacrifice happening is it that because there's a generalization of roundup used everywhere is it because that um, other, you know, even if you are organic, you're using certain techniques in the cellar that help you maintain your um, quantity? It, there's just not one way that we you can know.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I also know that your, your wine is uh, low sugar. I think sometimes people get headaches from the sugar content, too.
1: We both know that, Carol. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. There can be added uh, added sugar in wines, and um, it's it's my understanding. Yours is only about one gram per bottle.
1: One gram per bottle, and then also we have clarified it, or basically told people which it is is keto friendly, which means that the carbs are very low. There's no fiber in wine, so usually you take you know, the um, carbohydrates, and you subtract the fiber in order to find the net carbs. As we know, that's how, you know, whoever yes. keto goes by, but we only have two carbs per glass. We have very, very low carbohydrate amount, so it is keto-friendly, one gram of sugar per bottle.
2: Do you know what good news that is for so many people?
1: <laughs> So those ones, the keto you know, right? diet. <laughs> it feels so hard they can have wine on the keto diet i mean that's i think that that's worth cheering for <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that's 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 amazing you're welcome <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, the goal uh, was to make a wine that everybody so honestly carol the goal was to be able to make a wine for whoever was on whatever diet and by diet i mean that people just trying to live a healthy lifestyle it doesn't have right term like vegan or paleo or keto or whatever. It's just people making an effort, right? Yeah. Please, yeah. Let's, I mean, Let's just have us and enjoy it and actually help us move forward the next day instead of again three steps back with our
2: health. Yeah, exactly. One thing I also wanted to talk about which is has been a concern of mine is that there are uh, some yeast used in wine that are genetically modified. And that's a real concern for me. Mm-hmm. What do you have anything to say about that, or um, have you have you seen that uh, in 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 practice, um, Crystal?
0: Um, that is in practice. And again, I would say that a lot of the larger wineries or the wineries that are very much um, part of let's call it the, if you looked at the as a scale uh, mm-hmm. between wine and beverage in order to make sure that you are, quote-unquote, a safe winemaker, meaning that you are not going to worry about any of the native yeasts, because native yeast can be very tricky. Native mm-hmm. yeasts are not easy to work with. They can be stingy. They can sometimes not, can, can, can sta- stagnate the process of conversion, and you don't want to have to unstick a fermentation, because that means you'd have to add additional things. So there are some people who are using um, more laboratory yeast, some are using selected yeast, meaning that it's a yeast that's already been found in the vineyard or found within the grape and they can harvest that type of yeast strain and keep using it. And some people work with native yeast. For myself, we've always worked with selected yeast, meaning yeast that we were already familiar with or we've had success with that were um, harvested from that strain or we are doing native yeast, meaning that when the grapes come in, they natively start fermentation.
2: Great. So I know that one of the certification, another one of the certifications, I should say, that you have on your wine is uh, that it's vegan. And, you know, I thought all wine was vegan. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, wine is, again, the, the history of wine is quite simple. Grapes can, can ferment and become wine. However, you do have a couple processes along the way. So as wine, um, as the, the fermentation process happens, you also need to make sure that the wine gets clarified and filtered so that you're not just drinking, you know, unfiltered apple juice. Like it's not good stuff at the end of the fermentation process. It's all the leaves and dirt and things that when you're harvesting, you that just naturally come in. And once it settles and you, and you clean it off of that, you have to also make sure that it gets filtered and put into the bottle so that it doesn't just re-ferment and explode. So that filtration process um, typically can be done a couple of ways. One is betonite clay. Another is the chemical I said, velcrin, which is very scary. And some people also choose to use milk or uh, fish bladder and mm. a couple other Um, animal byproducts to help because it it grabs protein. So by doing that, you can actually have products that are, um, some of the products that are added or used for filtration processes are animal byproducts. And we have always made, um, with myself and my partners, we've always made a very conscious decision to use the most organic source materials, not use animal byproducts. Mm.
1: The other thing about animal byproducts, Carol, as you know, is we don't know where those animals are coming from. They also use gelatin. There's a few different specific animal products that are used in the filtration process, and those animals are eating feed. That's GMO, right? Right. We source from. It's a cheaper source. So we're basically getting what the animal gets. Everything ends up in the wine. Crystal always says wine is a living thing, and I obviously believe that and know that. So we are – consuming again whatever the animal consumed and we also don't want whatever chemicals he was given because again they're going to use probably the cheapest sourcing possible they're not going to go out and find pasture raise this and you know organic whatever animals to do the filtration process that would just cost so much money the other part of it for me is that i grew up vegan i was a competitive gymnast training for the olympics as a vegan and i did not continue on that path. I don't knock veganism at all. I wanted to, again, make the product vegan because of what I just said. Again, it's another step in being, you know, the cleanest, really being conscious of what's really going into the product step by step. But also, I really appreciate vegans in their mindset of protecting the earth by being respectful of, you know, what's going into their bodies, reading labels, being aware of, what their impact is on the planet and I really support that mindset and there's so much more to that but vegan in general back to the earth and this is really what this is it's a traditional wine with a modern twist we say so there's a lot of different reasons why we went vegan certified but those are really the main ones
2: well that's great and another thing that you have done with this wine that makes it so interesting is um how you have it infused with some different herbs and such. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: Sure, absolutely. So those are the four, I call them organic key nutrients because they are, and kind of shy away from herbs because, you know, in the nutrition world, I'll slug down anything just like crystal or maybe even you, right? Herbs don't scare me. (laughs) They're bitter and gross, but I down them because I know they're so good. (laughs) yeah. I didn't want to call them herbs because I didn't want people to associate the wine with the bad taste because the wine is absolutely delicious. It's, oh, I love it. It's amazing. So call it organic nutrients because there's really just one herb of the four. So you have the organic turmeric, the lemon peel, the musketing grape skin, and the chicory. And just quickly going through those, the chicory really was one of my favorite picks because it restores the gut bacteria. It's a prebiotic. But we really need to re-nourish the gut bacteria and remove the bloat and get the gut healthy from all the glyphosate. So that was really strategic. And again, these four nutrients are the concoction I put together almost daily to give to women for the symptoms that were coming along with wine drinking. So they're very strategically placed in there. And then the tumor, of course, has been around for thousands of years, protecting the liver. And then you have the muscadine grape skin that's fantastic in improving resveratrol content. In fact, our wine has 30% more resveratrol than any other wine on the market. That's been lab tested. So the nutrients added up resveratrol by 30%.
2: Wow, that's fantastic.
1: 30%. And it's just a huge jump. We were really excited to see. So the muscadine grape skin specifically is fantastic. It's high in elagic acid, which is fantastic for removing bad fats from the liver and bad fats from the body. Um, again, there's so much more to it, but the resveratrol and the fat was huge. And then we have lemon peel, which as we know is fantastic for liver protection and liver clearing. So try to figure out, well, and tumor is great for blood sugar. Basically, all these nutrients, it's like, what can we put in there that's gonna mitigate what would happen usually when you drink a glass of wine? Now with ours, we're starting with just such a clean product, those nutrients really don't need to be added, but heck, we have a fantastic product, super clean, and then we add even more goodies to it, it's become a health product.
2: Yeah, who would have ever thought? I just think that your concept is fantastic because I hear the same thing from my clients about I can't drink wine. Well, you you can drink healthy wine. And, and of course, you know, we're always talking about doing, for me, it's all about creating balance, so you never want to overdo anything. Mm -hmm. I I will say that uh, when I first chatted with you and you sent me some of your wine and I tried it, I wanted to test it. So I drank a little bit more than I would normally just to see how it would feel the next day. And I got up the next day and felt like I had had nothing to drink. So I was sold. (laughs) Wake up during the night at three o'clock and in the morning, I just was clear headed and felt great. So um, yeah, I and, and I really liked the taste too, which is uh, I, you know, I love wine, but I was having kind of a dilemma about, you know, should I be drinking it? Well I'll I'll buy organic and but you you have really come up with a great solution to all of this.
1: That's the idea. I want women to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I mean, why can't we have happy, healthy moms? Why can't we do that, right? And We want it to taste good, and the wine is delicious. You can't even taste the nutrients in there. It's a liquid infusion, so, I mean, it tastes like an amazing glass of wine, and it's 13% alcohol. There's nothing different, and that's the other thing I just want to bring across really quick is that when I first started looking into this, I thought, well, people want it as healthy. They're going to want to ask me how many calories are in it, and all these things kind of these other brands are doing, which are cutting down the alcohol so that the calories lower and adding sugar. So people are still feeling like crap with a really unhealthy product. So it's changing the mindset of why can't this be a health product to feel good on, not just count the calories and still have, you know, the toxicity that's going in the body that you still have to figure out how to deal with.
2: Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, um, I'm really excited about what you've done. And if our listeners would like to try their wine, I'm going to put a link on the show page how you can try this wine and uh, you can get shipping for free right now, and which is a great deal that uh, they have extended to my audience. And I'm really excited about that. So I will I will put that link on the show page. And also, um, if you just go to my uh, website and go to foodintegritynow.org, obviously, go to health store and then under healthy bodies, you'll see a link to their wine as well. So again, thank you so much, both of you for being. Thank you. A guest today, and and for creating what you've created, I think it's uh, it's a great solution, and I, I too think it's wonderful to come together with friends and enjoy a glass of wine, and it's just uh, it's just part of my life, and I think I think it's I know many women and men that feel the same.
0: Absolutely. Life is to be enjoyed. And there's so many memories made around the table with a great meal and great glass of wine. So we're hoping that that will just continue. And as Christine puts it, finally be able to unwind without undoing and have a wine that's not going to screw up the healthy lifestyle that you work so hard for.
2: Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you again, both for being on the show. And um, thanks to our listeners and we'll be back soon soon with another important show.